All right, good morning, everybody. Doing okay? All right. That did not seem too convincing, uh, actually. You doing okay? Oh, okay. A little better. Yeah. Um, at least Sean is. Um, <laughs> we're, we're just going to get right into it uh, today. Uh, we did this uh, survey, as the video just said, and uh, this has been one of the most challenging series, series, to start because uh, three weeks ago, uh, my friend Mike Mercer came into town, and uh, anytime he's here, uh, I would... I want to make sure we have the opportunity to uh, hear from him. And so he came and shared about compassion first. And he was going to try to tie into his message uh, the, the question that we're going to address today. Uh, but it didn't really work out first service, and so we just scrapped it second service. Uh, and then two weeks ago, I spoke on, uh, do I really have to forgive? And we looked at forgiveness and what that means in our life. Uh, and then last week I was gone, I was gone to Trace Diaz, and so my dad spoke and uh, shared about teams, right, I think, uh, he spoke about teams if you were here. Uh, that was the second time uh, that my, dad's, my dad has spoken uh, to our church in the 10 years that I've been here, and the previous time was five years ago. Uh, I don't want him too much because he's better than I am, and so... Uh, you just got to keep him in his place, and about every five years, we're good. Um, you know, he did a great job, and it's always a privilege to, to have him. So it's just been kind of a challenge to get this thing kicked up and going, uh, but today we're going to answer the question, how do I hear the voice of God? Uh, Dallas Willard said something about this that I thought was really good. He said, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice that we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. If God isn't speaking today, then what's the point of a personal relationship? But God does want, want to have a personal relationship with us, and all throughout the Bible, uh, it says to keep in step with what the Spirit is saying. Let him who has, ear, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. We believe that God speaks. We serve a God who speaks to us. The relationship that we see between us and God uh, is a, this analogy in Scripture where uh, it's a, a shepherd and sheep, that we are just a bunch of sheep and that he is our shepherd. And we see that in John chapter 10 where it says, The gatekeepers open the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And my hope for us as a church is that we would have that kind of relationship with God where we would be uh, led by him, by our shepherd. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They recognize his voice. And that's what we're going to work on today, recognizing the voice of God. I was thinking about this uh, in the context of my phone. I have a, an iPhone, and every now and then it will ring, and I'll look at it, and it will say unknown on it, and I don't answer it, typically. Uh, but every now and then, curiosity gets the best of me, and I'm like, ah, I feel like I'm a little uh, moody today, so I'm just going to go ahead and answer it and give them a hard time, because uh, usually it's a sales call, and so uh, I answer it, and here's the thing is, when you answer a number that you don't know, if, you, if it's somebody on the other end that you've talked to on a regular basis, you recognize their voice almost immediately. But if, you, if you've never talked to them before, if you don't know who they are, and you've never heard them on the phone, when you answer it, you don't recognize their voice at all. It's interesting that in our relationship with the Lord, if we don't spend time with God, we may miss out on recognizing his voice when he speaks to us. It goes on to say, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. So I believe that God speaks. And some of the most pivotal times in my life is when he is talking to me. I remember when I was a sophomore in high school and uh, I was sitting in the basement of, a, of this musty basement of a church in Oregon that my dad was pastoring. 
and it was this old church building, and it had this basement, and, uh, and my dad, as the pastor of the church, did what every good pastor would do if they had a basement in a church. They said, let's use that as the youth room. So he put all of us teenagers down in the basement so that they couldn't hear us, uh, and, and honestly, it was cold and it was dark, but they put a foosball table there, so it was okay. So... I'm sitting there in a metal folding chair listening to my youth pastor give his testimony, and it was in that moment that I heard the voice of the Lord say, I'm calling you into full-time ministry. Fast forward uh, to another time in which I heard the voice of the Lord was uh, when, I'm, when I was dating my wife, Kelly. She wasn't my wife then, but I was dating Kelly, who's now my wife. And I remember asking the Lord, because she seemed pretty great, is this who you want me to marry? And he said yes, which is good that she said yes because I'm like, God told me. <laughs> so if you want to rebel against God, that's on you. But So if you're nervous about whether or not they're going to say yes, just start with the line, God told me. It ends the conversation, really. She didn't have a choice. We had lunch uh, at Jason's Deli 10, year, 10 and a half years ago uh, with a couple named Brian and Ruth Sarek, who are part of our church. And uh, it's, it's really amazing that God could speak in Jason's Deli in Texas anyways because it's just salad. And it's like, it uh, doesn't seem where God would reside. But I was sitting, I was sitting in Jason's Deli at a table uh, with my wife. We had flown down from Spokane, Washington. Uh, we were planning to plant a church. And uh, Brian and Ruth proceeded to tell us about the genesis of this church, about where it had started, uh, what was going on in the life of the church. And it was in that moment that both Kelly and I heard the voice of God say, I'm calling you to Texas. Five years ago, uh, I was, uh, it had been quite a while since I had heard God's voice. And I went to a men's retreat called Trace Diaz. I was there last weekend, and I was reminded of this last weekend, actually, and and I was in, a, I was in a, a challenging place in my life and in my ministry because I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like this was working out very well. And, and so uh, I remember saying to the Lord, this is it. Like, I'll go to this thing, and then I'll, I'll probably be done. And it was at the, the men's retreat, at this Tracius retreat, where I clearly heard the voice of the Lord say, I have anointed you to do the work of the ministry. And so I continue to do it, and the Lord has continued to be faithful, continued to bless uh, the, the work that he's doing here in this church. I wrestled with uh, how to address this today, because clearly we hear God's voice, and there are times and season, seasons in which we hear him clearer than others. And a lot of that has to do with our relationship with God. Are we pressing into our relationship with God or are we not? I say I wrestled with how to address this because I want to talk to you about something that I didn't want to just stay, say in passing because it deserves more time and energy than just a fleeting comment that then we move on with the rest of the service. This past week, one of our staff members came into my office and said that he's been asking the Lord to speak to him. He's wanting to hear the voice of God in his life, and he has felt now for the past few months that, uh, that what the Lord was saying was that there was change coming in, in their, him and his wife's life. And, uh, and so he assumed that that change was maybe a change in career for his, his wife, uh, but more recently discovered that what God was saying was that his time here at Lifehouse was coming to an end. So at the end of this month, we will be saying goodbye to Alex well. So Alex, 10 years ago, when I arrived, was 16 years, I think he was 16? Yeah, 16. He doesn't like to talk much. Uh, that's why he's in the back. Uh, 16 years old, he's playing the drums, no drum cage. He's playing them way too loud, probably, as all 16-year-olds do. But from that point on, he's served the church so faithfully in a lot of different capacities. He's uh, mowed the lawn. 
He's done our landscaping. He's changed air filters out throughout the building. He's hung projector screens and projectors and lights. And he's hung off of things in this room that I just will not tell you about because you will turn us in. <laughs> he's just done a ton around here and has been faithful in doing that. And I, I wanted to to tell you this now, because Alex is going to continue on with us through the end of the month. He'll be here for the next couple of Sundays. He'll be at our Dream Team party on Friday, uh, this Friday. Um, but at the end of the day, the reality is, is I, I've always known uh, in the back of my mind that we probably wouldn't have Alex forever. And, uh, it, and so we just, every, t- every day over three years to me, you know, I always look at Jesus with the disciples, and he had three years with them. So anything over three years in my mind uh, was a huge blessing and miracle and benefit from the Lord. Uh, and so it's now been 10 years, 10 and a half years, and so it's just been a huge blessing for us. And so I tell you that because I want you to have the opportunity to uh, honor him, bless him. On October 29th, at the end of the month, uh, we're going to pray over him and Katie. We're going to bless them. Uh, we're going to thank them for their service uh, and all of that. But what I wanted to say to him in front of all of you is thank you for listening to the voice of God. Because you, you never want to be in an environment or to be in a, uh, in a situation that is outside of what God is calling you to. And in this case, God's calling him to a, a new place to do ministry. And that's okay. And we're going to continue to love Alex. This isn't, I mean, anytime there's a, a separation, anytime there's distance and all of those things, it's painful. Uh, but I would lean back on the fact that I am happy that he's listening to God's voice. So, uh, as I said in first service, uh, I, I wanted to just say to him that my prayer for him uh, is that... At, God constantly is reminding us through Scripture to go to deeper depths and higher heights. And that's my prayer for Alex, is that he would experience deeper depths and higher heights, as is my prayer for every one of us. And the only way in which we can experience that is when we begin to press in and listen to the voice of God. So God is speaking to us, the question that we have to answer is, are we listening? And that's really the issue, isn't it? I, we know that God speaks, we, we, at least inherently, even if we've maybe never heard the voice of God, we inherently believe, yes, God does speak. He may speak to other people because he never has spoken to me, but we know he speaks. The question for us is, are we listening for him? We've got this epidemic in our world, and I, if I'm being completely honest this morning, uh, it's something that I've not been managing very well in my own life for the past couple of months. It's, it's called mass distraction. Weapons of mass distraction. That's what we have in this world that we live in. Some of those distractions are busyness. How many of you are busy in your life? Nobody's busy. I'm busy. <laughs> How many of you are liars in your life? No, I'm just kidding. We're busy. But here's the great equalizer in the world that we live in. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is. doesn't matter where you work. doesn't matter who you are. We all have the same amount of hours in one day. We all have 24 hours. And the question is, what do we do with the 24 hours that we have? What do we do with the time that God has given us? You may have more money than some. You may have less money than some. You may have a better job than some. You may have no job, but you know what? You have 24 hours, and you get to decide what you're going to do with that. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39, it, it's the story of Mary and Martha, and, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. She had a sister named Mary. She sat herself at the Lord's feet, was listening to his teaching. She's listening. But Martha, 
I always think of Martha in the context of the Brady Bunch. It, I know it's Marsha, but I always, whenever I'm reading scripture, I'm like, Martha, Martha, Martha. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what the tone is in this text. Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with what? With serving. I mean, isn't that kind of a, a raw deal in the sense that here's Martha, she's in the kitchen, she's doing something, but whatever she's doing, she is serving the Lord. She's serving the people around her, doing really, really good things. And yet she's distracted from hearing the voice of the Lord. We will never hear the voice of God unless we make time to hear him. Psalm 46.10 says, just be still. Whatever you've got going on, whatever chaos is around us, just stop it and be still for a moment and know that I'm God. The quieter we become, the, the more we can hear. And I want to offer a thought. I, uh, I preached on this uh, quite a while ago, and then a couple of weeks ago I was up at a conference uh, for our district and uh, got to hear someone speak about this topic specifically. And it was really convicting because every now and then I get to teach a message that uh, is really more for me than it is maybe even for you. And so... Uh, I just, you know, from my standpoint, I have to admit that because I don't want you to think I'm a hypocrite because I, I certainly haven't been living this out in my life. Uh, but it was on the topic of the Sabbath and, and how as followers of Jesus, there is an element of us setting aside time in the midst of our busy schedule. To just take some time and be still before the Lord. Just take some time and dedicate that time to hearing his voice for your life. Uh, one of the things that the, the speaker at the conference said, and I, I was super convicted by this, because he was speaking to a room full of pastors, and he said, he said, honestly, you know, if you look at the commandments that we have to, to follow, uh, as a pastor, if you commit adultery, uh, it doesn't go well for you. You, you end up getting fired. If you uh, steal from the church, also gets you fired. Uh, if you lie to your congregation, which is never a good thing, that gets you fired. But if you don't keep a Sabbath, which is one of the commandments, you get a raise. Because you're busy, and you're working hard, and you're doing the things, the ministry, you're, you're working in the kitchen, you're, doing, you're serving, and you're doing all of this but you're so busy that you're not listening to the voice of the Lord. So I offer that up just as this, uh, I don't know, suggestion um, that maybe we, that's a me we, figure out how to reorganize our time and our schedule and our busyness and our distraction in such a way in which we can hear God's voice. Competing voices, that's the other distraction that we have. In other words, God could be yelling at you, and you can't hear him because there's so many other competing voices in your life. Uh, if I were to stand uh, in, in the bleachers or in the stands of Kyle Field, and there was a, yeah, I figured, uh, and there was 100,000 other people in there, all yelling at you and screaming for you, you couldn't hear somebody two seats down from you. But if it was empty, if it was completely empty and you were on this side and they were on that side, you could hear them clearly as it echoes back and forth. We can, we can hear more clearly when we get rid of the competing voices in our life. In Luke chapter 14 in verse 18, it says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field. I have to go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The point is, is there's always a reason to not listen. 
There's always going to be something that comes up in your life that will keep you and distract you from hearing the voice of God. And they're sometimes really good things, really important things. I I don't know anyone who uh, accidentally falls into spending time with God. The only people I know that practice that on a regular basis are super intentional and specific with their time. Did you know that kids between the ages of 8 and 18, they spend on average seven and a half hours a day on media? That's 53 hours a week. And I said kids so that you wouldn't feel bad. God barely has a chance when there's all these competing voices, whatever yours are. I know what mine are. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. Am I saying media is a sin? No, I'm not. Am I saying Facebook's a sin? Absolutely. No, I'm not. To hear God's voice, we have to turn down the volume of the world that we live in. And can we all just agree that there is a lot of noise out there? The third thing is an unprepared heart. Jesus often talked about the fact that I am, he says, I'm speaking a whole lot more than you think that I am. It's just not landing because you haven't prepared yourself to hear it. This is important because it puts us in control to get our heart ready. It it gives us the opportunity to to begin a sort of preparation to hear God's voice. I wonder what it would look like if we were to just take five minutes before we enter into worship. Take five minutes before we come to church on Sunday and prepare our hearts for what God wants to do. One of the things we started doing with our dream team is we have a room back there where uh, we feed all of our dream team, and, and at 8.40, we gather together, and we just take a few moments and prepare our hearts for what God wants to do in us and through us in our ministries. In the example of the sower, Jesus says in Matthew 13, when anyone hears news of the kingdom and, it doesn't, and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. It's the parable of the sower casting the seeds, and those who haven't prepared the soil, the seed lands on it, and it's hard, and it it just gets stripped away. Robert Morris says it like this, God comes to a prepared environment. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 7, says it like this. Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, not just outside things, but within, within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. I want to do an experiment this morning. It kind of worked first service. Uh, We'll attempt it second service and see how things go. I'm just going to ask everybody to stand up right where you're at. You can keep whatever's in your hand in your hand. It's just going to be a a minute. Uh, If if you don't want to stand, too bad, stand up anyways. Uh, All right, in just a few seconds, uh, there's going to be a sound that comes into the room. And if you hear the sound, I want you to have a seat. If you don't hear the sound... Uh, just remain standing, and if it, if it sounds like fuzz, that's not it. Uh, and as my dad said in first service, uh, he said, I, I heard two beeps. And I'm like, you can't hear my mom across the room. How, you can't hear anything. So anyways, so just if you hear it, uh, sit down. If you don't hear it, just remain standing. All right, guys, go ahead. Don't lie. God will find you. All right, so if you're still standing, what that means is you're old. (laughs) And for the record, 
I have yet to hear this sound. I don't even believe it exists. I'm living in denial. You can go ahead and be seated. Some of you were lying, I think, because I look at you and I'm like, no way. 17.4 kilohertz is what you just heard or didn't hear. And if you were standing like I was, I couldn't hear it, even before service. Like, I mean, how do you tell the sound guys to play something that you can't hear? And so I pulled my daughter and Irvin, who was here. I'm like, hey, can you guys hear this? They're like, yeah, you can't hear it? I'm like, shut up, go over there, and just play this. No, I didn't say shut up to my kids. Uh, Wanted to, but I didn't. What's interesting from a spiritual standpoint is that that sound was there and available for all of us to hear it, but not every one of us did. Let me say it like this. The older we get, the more our ears get dull. The more we add to our life, the less we are able to hear. In this context, I could say that we've learned to tune out God. And Jesus says, unless you come to me like a little child... You can't have all of the things of God. So here's the good news in all of this, that no matter how old you are or how young you are, you can tune your heart back to God. We can say, I'm gonna gonna come to you like a little child. And, And I just wanna encourage you with that today, that just that it's a people that we could come to him with some, come back to some innocence, And say, God, I want to hear you again. I want to hear you again. It's interesting about that stupid noise thing is, uh, I guess in England, you might have heard this story. This is a true story. In England, there was this super pretentious uh, store. And there was a bunch of kids hanging out around the front of the store. It was annoying. It was causing the old pretentious people to not come in and shop there. And so the, the store hired a security company. They installed speakers on the outside and played that annoying like mosquitoes sounding at 17.4 old people couldn't hear they just in there shopping and they drove the young people away in fact uh i think they went through like this fad of uh young people who would uh they would use that as their ringtone or their text tone because they knew their parents couldn't hear it better not be you Certainly their teachers couldn't hear it either. Let me show you a story where a boy could hear God's voice and an older man could not in Scripture. The boy's name is Samuel, and he ministered before the Lord under a man named Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And we pick it up in your notes in verse 3. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered him, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. No, he probably didn't say it in that tone. But then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go, lie down, And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If we leave here this morning with nothing else than that simple prayer, it will have been worth your time. That simple prayer that just says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, 
for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. In other words, I'm going to show you what it's like to hear my voice. And there's three things that we see in in this text that give us the inclination to create an environment where we can where no matter how old you are or how young you are, you can hear God's voice. And so I want to look at it. I want to look at the dynamics of which Samuel was in as he was hearing God speak. Because God is speaking. And the question is, are we listening? Will we hear it? He's speaking and will speak, number one in your notes, as we read his word. We're going to have to get into his book to hear his voice. See, remember, Samuel is laying down by the lamp. It said the lamp had not yet gone out. In Psalm 119, we see this symbol of the lamp, that your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light of my path. That the Bible isn't there to just be a historical record of things that have gone on. It's not there just to give us some pithy spiritual thoughts. The Bible is there to illuminate to us, to jump off of the page like a 3D movie, stick out to us and say, this is the word of the Lord. And if we're thinking, you know what, I just, I'm struggling with that. I don't get it. I read it and I just don't understand it. I don't It doesn't seem like anything is taking place as I read it, and I would just say to you, keep reading. Just keep reading. What would it look like if we were to, what would it look like if we were to just kind of, you know, every uh, year, at the beginning of the year, we set these resolutions, these New Year's resolutions, and they usually last anywhere from one to six days or weeks, you know, whatever, and And they just don't last very long, but we make these kind of recommitments. But I just wonder what it would look like if today we made a resolution to begin to spend more time in his word. I just don't know. Start in the Gospels. Go go into the Gospels. Go. uh, There's 31 Proverbs. On November 1st, start in the Proverbs. And all throughout the month, just every day, read a Proverbs and see what jumps out of the page for you. There's all kinds of apps and things that you can do to get into God's Word. You can uh, read the one-year Bible. And, and if you're like me, the challenge of that is you, you know, I, I don't like to start something that I can't finish. And if I get distracted with all of the mass distractions that we have, you know, somebody asked me, you know, so uh, how's the one-year Bible going? What, where are you at? And I'm like, April, you know. And, and I'm like, I got 12 months to finish. Yeah. You, you get this guilt that, like, I've got to do it. And I would just say, listen, don't, don't live in guilt. Just start somewhere. Just do something, even if it's a verse a day. If you are so busy in your life, and I get it and I understand, could you just set aside time to read a verse a day? Just a verse. If you have more time, read a chapter a day. Psalm 119, 147 says, I rise before dawn and I cry out for help. I've put my hope in your word because your word is your voice. So if we want to hear God's voice, we have to get into his word. Then we see that God is speaking and we we know that God is speaking and we hear him when, number two, is we cultivate his presence. So Samuel was sleeping uh, by the, the lamp that had not gone out yet, but he was also sleeping in the place in which the Ark of the Covenant was. He was near the Ark. And if you've ever watched a movie that has the Ark of the Covenant, maybe you can picture it in your mind if you've ever seen the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, it's the gold box that contains the Ten Commandments. And, and on top of the Ark of the Covenant are the angels that, that are spreading out over the Ark, over the box. And that place right there is called the Mercy Seat. And the Mercy Seat was in the Old Testament where we see the physical manifest presence of God. That's where it resided. Scripture says that by day it was a cloud, by night it was a pillar of fire. 
and they could actually see the presence of God over the Ark of the Covenant. In the New Testament, that place is called worship. It's called worship. And God is attracted to it. If you're trying to find God, find a place to spend time worshiping him. And he will find you. Chronicles says the eyes of the Lord are looking for hearts that are devoted to him. Hearts, our souls, our minds, that he's looking for worshipers. And nothing cultivates his presence better than passionate worship. In first service, I kind of harped on this a little bit, and I'll, I'll see if I can reword it, because I always say things that come out the wrong way. But I was talking with my wife uh, last night through text. She's at Tracedius this weekend, the women's Tracedius, and uh, they're not supposed to have their phones, so she's kind of cheating, and uh, you should tell her that. Um, so it was late, it was late, 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 and, and we were texting back and forth, and we were just observing the fact that when we are in different environments, outside of the Sunday service, that it seems as though people enter into the presence of God, enter into worship. And I, I, I want to be very careful about this because I'm not making judgments about how we worship here or any of those things. And I certainly can't judge the heart. That is not my job to do that. But outward expression of worship, the raising up of hands, the, the, the praising God, the singing out loud, it seems like whether it be a men's conference or a, uh, a retreat or something other than that, where you're kind of in this other environment, there tends to be a sense of passion that doesn't necessarily exist always on a Sunday morning. I'm just making an observation here. I, I hope that you don't feel judged by me because I, I certainly am not trying to judge you. Um, I myself don't, I mean, there are times when, when Jeremy stands here and he's leading or my wife is standing here leading and they just wonder, like, do I even love God Like, uh, as I'm on the front row? And because maybe my expression isn't necessarily uh, very passionate or, or outward. But I just wonder uh, what it would look like. This is kind of a rhetorical wondering. I wonder what it would look like if we were a church of passionate worshipers, that it wouldn't take some other sequestered event or men's conference or women's retreat or anything. It, there's just, I think what happens is, is when we're with our peers or we're with our spouse or something, there's insecurity that maybe rises up or something that, that comes that we're, we're just afraid maybe to enter into worship. But I, I know this with all my heart that if we don't enter into the worshiping presence of God, we will miss out on him speaking to us. I believe it. That every single time we gather and we get to sing praises. When we were singing that song, The Great I Am, I think we just, we fall into the trap of, it's just another song, it's just some more words on the screen but the reality is, when we are professing that he is the great I am, it is more powerful. Uh, one of the lines in there was, says, and you'll have to forgive me if I butcher it, but it was something about uh, the demons run and flee at the name of your majesty. That there's something supernatural and powerful that takes place in worship. And I didn't intend to camp on this to topic very long, but... But the truth is, is the Lord's put something in my heart to challenge us as a church to be passionately worshiping God in every element. And listen, if it's not here, find time. Set some time aside on your way to work in the morning and just pump up the worship music, sing praises to God, and people think you're gone nuts in the car next to you. But who cares? Scripture says I'll become even more undignified than this. I just find all the time that I'm, I'm more passionate about rooting for my football team than I am coming in on a Sunday morning and praising God. And that's true for me. 
and they haven't done anything for me. (laughs) They're not preparing a place in heaven for me. I don't think they're preparing for anything, honestly. (laughs) And yet I will root and scream and cheer for something that has little to no significance. And yet when I come into the room and I come into, it's because I haven't prepared my heart and I haven't gotten to a place where, God, I want to hear from you. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That God can speak in the midst of worship. So don't don't be late to worship. Don't miss out on worship. Don't miss an opportunity to hear God speak to you through worship. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve are walking in the garden. They hear the sound of the Lord in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife, instead of pressing in towards him, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Let us not be a people who hide from the presence of God. Let us press in. Walk with him. Share with him. Love him. And give him the most heartfelt, passionate worship that we can possibly give him. Number three, as we get planted in the church, Samuel was in the temple. So he's laying next to the lamp. He was in where the Ark of the Covenant was, and he was in the temple. And I I don't mean to imply that God can only speak in this church building, because obviously he spoke in Jason's Deli to my wife and I. I'm not saying that this is the only place in which you can hear the voice of God, but what I am saying is that there's something about being planted in a church community, and it doesn't even have to be this church community, and I really genuinely mean that when I say that. If this isn't your right fit, that's okay. Find a church family and a community in which God can work through that place to speak to you. Get connected in a life group. Go through life track. Be a part of a dream team. Be planted in a place. I was speaking to a group of men last weekend, and I was speaking about a life in grace, and that if we're going to live this life in grace, we have to be planted somewhere in community with other people. And that if we're not, if we're one of those people that just kind of hopping around to whatever church and doing whatever, we will never get planted in and we will never, we will miss out on the opportunity for God to speak into our life. I'm stepping on some toes this morning. I hope it doesn't hurt too bad. Psalm 92.11 says, My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Be planted in the house of the Lord. Be connected with people. Listen, if if you're in in this inquisitive, like, I'm just trying to figure this faith journey out, and I'm just coming, and I'm just checking it out, that's fine. That's okay. We welcome you to be that. But if you've been here and you've been coming for a long time and you're just kind of, I don't know, I don't know if I want to commit or not commit, I would say plant yourself either here or somewhere else to where you can be known by people and people know who you are. You can get lost in a church of 100 people. Our church is well over that. And so you can come and go and, and maybe never be noticed that you're not here but I would say there's an onus on all of us to get planted in and be known. Because God wants to speak through this church to you. I believe that. Every good thing that happened, that has happened in my life, has been in the local church. I grew up in the church, my dad was a pastor. It wasn't the stereotypical pastor's kid who rebelled, whose head just explodes and they go crazy and, and jump off the deep end and do all kinds of stupid things. I just wasn't that kid. I wasn't perfect. 
I certainly made mistakes and experienced God's grace in the midst of that, but, but I wasn't that stereotypical kid. And instead, what I experienced growing up was how great the church is. And the relationships that I had, the people who invested in me and spoke into my life, and I met my wife in the church, and uh, I've experienced God's miraculous healing in the church, and I've seen God move and change people's family trees for eternity in the local church. I love the local church. If I didn't, I should probably look for another job. I love it. And I hope that you love it too. Because in the local church, we have the opportunity to speak into people's lives and for God to speak into ours. Maybe God is speaking, and we just have to put ourselves into the right environment. Right? I mean, we have to be in the right environment. Bananas don't grow in Alaska, except for in a greenhouse I just found out after first service. It's always someone. No, I'm just kidding. But that's an environment. That's the perfect environment, in fact. And I would say to you, put yourself in the right environment. Get into his word. Press into passionate worship before the Lord. Be in community with other believers. And you will hear the voice of God in your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray for us as a church that we would be a people who would say, even out loud, speak, your servant is listening. That every day we would look as an opportunity to hear from you in our life. I'm a firm believer, Father, that For us, there are times in which these kinds of messages carry a little bit more weight, that these kinds of messages maybe are a a little bit of a stepping on the toes and and a pushing out of our comfort zone. And I get all of that, and Lord, I need that in my life. I need my toes stepped on. I need to get out of my comfort zone. I need to reevaluate, relook at all of the distractions in my life. And my guess is that I'm not alone. So, Father, show us. Holy Spirit, show us where we have distractions. Show us areas of our life in which we have conflicting voices that we need to eliminate. And God, let us be listening for your voice today. If you're here this morning, you've never surrendered your life to God, you've never begun this journey of faith that is referred to as Christianity, following Jesus, the first step is there, is to surrender. And As Samuel was hearing God speak, he didn't know what the voice was because he had not yet learned the voice of God. And if that's you, if if you've been hearing something in your life and you're like, man, it just keeps drawing me, it keeps pulling me, and I don't know what it is, and it's drawing me towards God, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I want to give you the opportunity to respond this morning. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray. And if you would like me to include you in that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you or have you come forward, but I am going to ask that you would be so bold to raise your hand and say, Ryan, would you include me in that prayer today? Because I've never started off with a surrender of my relationship with God. And if that's you, would you just be so bold as to raise your hand and say, that's me, Ryan, will you include me in that prayer? Anybody saying that today? See your hand. Anybody else? Well, Father, for this one who is saying, today, today, I surrender my life to you. 
to come into agreement. And I'll just give you some of the language. There's nothing magical about my words. It's got to come from your heart. But it's really one of the most simple yet life-changing things that you can say is, God, I surrender to you. You are God and I'm not. I've been living my life my way, going about things in, under my will. And today I surrender to you and ask God that you would be Lord of my life, that you would be leader of my life, that you would lead the path for me. And today I ask for your forgiveness for going about things my way. For all of the past junk, today I receive your forgiveness and your grace. And today I start with a clean slate. Thank you for that in the name of Jesus. God, for the rest of us in this room, I pray that we would begin to tune our hearts to your voice. That we would be a people who wake up every morning looking for our hope in your word. That we would press in and we would find time to worship. And God, we would be in community with other people. And we would listen for those moments, those times in which we get to hear your voice. Eliminate all the distractions, all the conflicting voices, all of the busyness. prepare our hearts for what you want to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Two things uh, we're going to do. We're going to have the ushers go ahead and come. We receive our offering all every Sunday during this time of the service. But before we do that, listen, I, I, I go through these seasons where I give the opportunity for people to respond to Jesus and uh, and then I get off track and I forget and I get reminded and and all of that. Uh, but I, whenever somebody does, I always like to just take a moment and celebrate that because scripture says that uh, when one person surrenders their life, when one person receives the saving grace of Jesus Christ for their life, all heaven celebrates. Uh, and we're not all of heaven, but we sure can celebrate because I've heard you root for your team. So uh, you can do it. And so can we just give the Lord a, a clap offering? Today, a family tree is changed. And what I mean by that is eternity, salvation, begins a process forever now to begin changing the family tree. And that's pretty great.